Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey there, Chicagoland and all across the world, beaming out there worldwide to you on the internet. Uh, We're here at AM 1160, right here in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Uh, th- my name is Bob Lambert, Faith Marketplace Radio, and I'm my wonderful co-host, Jennifer Real Real is here. It's been with us. A, uh, it's going on a year, Jen. Yeah, almost I a year. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. It is incredible. And it's we've gone got by fast. some folks that we need to celebrate, too, right? We do. We do. Well, I want to give a big shout out to Thomas Bibby Varghese of Eviz Universe and just share a brief story about Mike the lawyer. So Mike wanted to grow his business, but he was frustrated with the lack of results. So he decided to try online marketing, and that's when he partnered with evizuniverse.com. They redid his website, optimized his online presence, and now when p- potential clients search for lawyers, he shows up as number one on Google for all major keywords and issues related to law. So what that means is... His his phone started ringing. Now Mike the lawyer gets around 20 to 30 leads per week and that results in around 30 new clients each month. His practice is now thriving and Mike has expanded his staff and hired more attorneys to join his firm so he has the option to work less. If you would like your business to start getting more leads from the internet, contact evizuniverse.com. That's E-B-I-Z universe.com or call them at 847-220-9541 for a free analysis at no cost to you. Excellent, excellent. And uh, we have in studio, actually in studio, live in studio, a hometown celebrity. And uh, we, had, we had to wrestle him to the ground to get him in here, but he made it. He's here. <laughs> and I'd like to introduce you to Perry Marshall. Now, for those of you that don't know him, go out and Google him. Perry Marshall is an international entity and a mover and shaker in the world of digital marketing, social media, and everything else. But what he also is, is an engineer, and he's done something that's pretty incredible. And that is, he's formed an organization called Evolution 2.0, and that's going to be the subject today. He's going to tell us a little bit more about himself and everything else, but this is a fascinating book and a whole venture that he's been on in a quest for over 10 years. So why don't we let the introduce you, Perry, and let the folks know where you're from and a little background about your your background. We're going to go down a great rabbit hole today. Um, I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and... Married my high school sweetheart, and I live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, this story begins um, in 2004 when I went to visit my brother in China. He had a seminary degree. He'd studied to be a pastor. He was working as a part-time missionary in China. And I went to see him in China. We'd been emailing back and forth, and he'd had a lot of doubts and questions and stuff. And when I got to China, I realized... My brother is not a Christian anymore. He has built, he's done with this. Yeah, but let's faith, back up here a second because you, yeah. you came from a pastor family, right? Yes. We're PKs. So we that, are, we that are, had to be a big thing, right? <laughs> yes, we are both PKs, and grandpa was a pastor, and uncle was a missionary, <laughs> and brother in law is a missionary, and all this kind of stuff. And so, yes, a very, very, very conservative Christian family, and my brother kind of has this coming of age, you could almost say, um, in China. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm starting to think for myself here, and this dog don't hunt. Mm. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> uh, I didn't I, – I knew that where there was troubled waters. I didn't quite see that coming. So that – 
but really Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska is also the home of what uh, school? Oh, the University of Nebraska and the Cornhuskers, <laughs> which is the Nebraska state religion. <laughs> and you have a degree from there. Yes, I yeah. have an electrical engineering degree okay, from UNL. That's pretty important to this conversation, it's, isn't it? It's central, <laughs> yeah, actually. Exactly. Well, Perry, why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you're passionate about the work that you're currently doing right now, especially with Evolution 2.0? Well, so this is one of the most important questions ever. So where did we come from and... Is the world a purposeless place or is the world a purposeful place? Is life just whatever meaning we arbitrarily assign to it or is there some kind of a plan? I, I think isn't that like question zero? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like can you get any more basic than that? Right. And so we were riding on this bus and having an argument and I go, Brian – Look at the hand at the end of your arm. I am an engineer, and this is a nice, nice piece of engineering. <laughs> you don't think this is an accumulation of random accidents, do you? And he goes, hold on. And he just came right back at me with a, look, you don't need a designer. All you need is a few million years and random DNA copying errors and natural selection, and you're going to get falcons, and you're going to get elephants, and you're going to get eyes and ears and everything else. And you don't need that, you know, some purposeful designer. And I listened to that and I thought, okay, I have my intuitions, but I also know a bunch of biologists would agree with him and not agree with me. And they might know something I don't know. I'd, I'd been studying engineering long enough to know what it's like when you could have big holes in your knowledge of the world. Mm-hmm. And so basically at that point, I shut up. I stopped arguing with him. And I decided when I get home from this trip, I am going to go down the rabbit hole and I'm going to find out, do you need some purposeful injection of something into the universe to get a hand at the end of your arm? Or is it really just billiard balls banging around in the universe? Mm. What is it? Yeah. And, you know, I know Brian and I have been arguing about theology for the last two years and theology is squishy Mm -hmm. and engineering isn't Mm. right. If the airplane crashes, the theory is wrong. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's actually a wonderful thing about engineering and a wonderful thing about science is some parts of it are not ambiguous. And I said, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know how to find out. And I, I plunged myself into the void. And it's mm. been 10 years now, right? 15. 15 years yeah. now. Wow. And yeah. we got some really exciting things. There's a lot to this story today, folks. That's Perry's going to be with us the whole show. Uh, you know, and, and the thing about this is obviously when you're hearing this, Jennifer, you, it conjures up some things here for you uh, as to what is entailed in all this, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Well, um, why don't you share with me, uh, Perry, um, any challenges that you faced along the way with uh, coming, you know, coming to this uh, Evolution 2.0 or anything else that you faced in your life or business? Well, so... So I was, I was already struggling with faith because I had 
I had had lots of convers lots of convers. I was part of the apologetics group at Willow Creek, and yeah. I I had done seeker small groups at Willow Creek, and they would send me the hard ones. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought I was pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have not had a theological debate until you've had it with a guy with a master's degree in theology from a conservative seminary who knows Greek and Hebrew. He knows mm-hmm. where all the bones are buried. He knows where all the fault lines are. He knows where all the ambiguities are, and he was just winging this stuff at me. And it it had been this had been going on for two years wow. already. Okay, wow. And now now he's bails, right? And then he throws a science question in my face. And I really, I really did not know how this was turn would turn out. But I made a decision. I said, I will ignore no verifiable fact. Mm. I am not going to compartmentalize my life. I'm not going to build a little box and say, well, you know, all these facts that don't really support my faith, I'm going to put them in this little box and stick it in the closet and forget about it. And then I'm just going to, you know, be a Christian, like, out of some denial. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do that. I said, if, if this journey leads me away from faith, I'm willing to depart Mm. My my wife was nervous. There was nothing she could do about it. She all she could do is just kind of watch, okay, and try not to interfere too much. And I was I was kind of scared, but I what I believed was whether Jesus is like the Son of God or not. I think I think when he said the truth will set you free, I think he was right. Mm. I, I I think that is a true statement, and I just want to know the truth mm. and. And so I plunged myself into the void. <laughs> and in that void, you've taken on a lot of challenges, I'm assuming. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. In fact, in fact, this this landed me about a year later. Uh, this landed me in the largest atheist discussion board in the world. Wow. Uh, for seven years. For seven years. Yeah. Wow. So so here's what happened. So for for a couple weeks. I was completely um, overwhelmed and confused. I started buying books left and right and reading all the different literature. And and after after some time, I was like, oh, my word, this is the most complicated thing I have ever gotten myself into. Um, and I, I was just saturated, like – Needles in the red. And and then one day I was reading about DNA and stuff and all of a sudden flash of recognition. Wait a minute. I've seen this before. I know what this is. I know how to deal with this. And here's what it was. I wrote an Ethernet book in 2002. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, I suddenly recognized DNA is digital code. Ethernet is digital code. All the same mechanisms that make ones and zeros end up in your computer or cell phone are also true in DNA. Wow. 
This is fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) And we just begun, folks. (laughs) We're just beginning right now. We want to make sure that you can uh, dive in even deeper with Perry Marshall. Make sure you check him out at evo2.org. And also text us that keyword, Evo, E-V-O, to 224-404-1988. Everyone is going to get three free chapters of his book, Evolution 2.0, Breaking the Deadlock Between Darwin and Design. And we do have two books to raffle and uh, give those away. So stay Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here at uh, Faith Marketplace again with our guest, Perry Marshall. And we're starting the pot here today, folks, with his book, Evolution 2.0, basically saying uh, breaking the deadlock between Darwin and design. And where we left off was pretty interesting because he got himself into an atheist chat room, was it? Or a blot? What a was huge it? discussion a board. Huge on discussion. The, <laughs> at the time, the biggest atheist website in the world. It was wow. called Infidels. It's still around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So What happened there? <laughs> well, so the way this happened was I went and gave a talk at Willow Creek a year later. And what I had figured out was Genetic code is very much like computer code, and nobody knows a way to get code without designing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why Microsoft has employees. And and so I said, well, DNA is a code. All the other codes are designed, therefore DNA is designed. So I gave a talk at Willow Creek called, If You Can Read This, I Can Prove God Exists. And we recorded it and put it on my website, and it went viral And one day I was going back and forth with a very angry atheist who I was backing into a corner. And he goes over to the biggest website, atheist site in the world, and he posts a link. And he says, hey, you guys, um, why don't you be nice to this Perry Marshall guy while you eviscerate him? (laughs) And and I was like, oh, no. Oh, I didn't want this. Maybe I really did. I don't know. You know, we're, we're complex creatures, but I was scared to death. And it's like, all right, well, here we go. And this went on for seven years. It became the longest running, most viewed thread in the history of the entire website. And nobody could solve it. I would say, show me a code that's not designed. All you need is one. And they go, I said, no, I said, show me a code that's not designed. All you need is one. Then you'll have scientific basis for thinking that life is just billiard Random, balls banging right. around in the universe. Right. They were so mad. Well, um, eventually that got shut down, but these discussions continued. And, and one day I was having another conversation with a guy on my blog, and it suddenly occurred to me, Perry, you have to show them how to prove you wrong. Mm. And I wrote a specification, and and I said to the guy, okay, if you want to show that you got a code without a designer, here's exactly what you got to do, and here's what you got to end up with. And if you can do this, I will write you a check for $10,000. And I pressed submit, and you know, and then my comment appears there. And I'm like, so now what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> so would you guys like to guess what happened? Take a wild guess. Nothing? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, nothing. The guy disappeared. It was like over. Yeah. And, and I'd never seen this happen before. Well, to make a long story short, when my book Evolution 2.0 came out, I added, um, I changed the price to $10 million. Uh, in fact, uh, less than 
a month ago at the Royal Society in Great Britain, right. which is the this, most prestigious scientific organization in the world. Isaac Newton used to be president of the Royal Society. I announced the Evolution 2.0 prize, $10 million prize wow. for how do you get a code without designing one. Now, I want to be very clear about something. I am not assuming that this can't be solved. Okay? I'm not assuming that God did it and nobody will ever figure it out. A lot of Christians want to take that position. Right. I think that's essentially an anti-scientific position. It may be solvable. What what I don't like is when people, when we have a gap in our scientific knowledge, the Christians make up a story, the atheists make up a story, and then we're we're having a battle of the made-up stories. Mm -hmm. That does not help anybody. Mm. Okay. Now, this is not just an academic or philosophy thing either, and here's why. We can now edit DNA as easy as changing a picture in a blog post. Which is also scary. It's called CRISPR. It's terribly scary. And in fact, the leading geneticist at Harvard Medical School is on the judging panel of my prize. Right. His name yep. is George Church. And I've, I have I sat down and talked to him last summer for about an hour, and we talked about all the perils of gene editing and everything. The, the problem that we have in this science-religion war, mm-hmm. the, the religious people have an appreciate – they have a reverence – for the order of nature, um, but they almost are like afraid to touch it because they kind of consider it divinely mysterious, okay? Um, And they don't actually pursue science nearly as hard as they could or should. People on the atheist side degrade and denigrate nature and are not afraid to go mess with it. And I think both extremes are wrong. Mm We can't put the toothpaste back in this tube. We're not going to be able to stop people from doing this. You can buy a $169 gene editing kit on Amazon for crying out loud. Wow. Okay. The toothpaste is out of the tube. But the question is, how much respect are we going to have for this? And how well do we understand what we are doing? Because if if we don't exercise humility in this, mm-hmm. mm. well, oh, no. You know, 200,000 people just died in Peru because somebody conjured up some superbug or, mm. you know, got some crazy reaction from some experiment that they uh, didn't expect. Right. Right. And and we we have to be very, very careful. Yeah. So how so how does this um, a new theory of evolution dramatically change our approach then to cancer or, you know, other genetic diseases? So. Hardly anybody I've ever met, like regular civilians, has ever heard a proper explanation of how evolution works. Mm-hmm. Okay, the the version you read about in most biology books is really about sixty percent wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the creationists say it's all a big hoax. Well, what I found out was no, evolution is not a hoax. Evolution happens all the time. If you know what to do, you can get new species on command just by doing certain things. Have you ever gone to the doctor with an infection and they give you antibiotics? Mm -hmm. And what do they say? Finish the bottle all the way done. Even if you feel better three days from now, if you're supposed to take it 10 days, you take the – why? Because the bugs will become super bugs if you don't kill them. Okay? That's evolution. Okay? 
and it happens fast. It happens in real time. Germs, organisms re-engineer their own DNA. And nobody was talking about this. Mm-hmm. Okay, the atheists weren't talking about it. Right. They're trying to make you think it's random and accidental. It takes eight trillion years. Okay, the creationists were saying, "No, God made everything like you know, like beaming zebras onto the savanna." Woo, there it is. <laughs> well, no, no. The reason we have zebras or giraffes or whatever is is that life is supremely adaptive. But if we don't understand how life adapts, we'll never truly understand disease. We'll never truly understand cancer. We'll never truly understand aging. We'll never truly understand nutrition. And, and the, the war between science and religion has been slowing us down. Mm. I, I would easily estimate that the war between science and religion has cost us 25 to 50 years of medical progress. Mm. This is a serious, serious problem. That's why I wrote Evolution 2.0. Yeah, and you you really dove into this, Perry, because, I mean, you're talking about some stuff here that and Jennifer and I kind of like wide-eyed going, holy smokes, you know, you really, you really got into the covers with this thing. But you also, I think there's a couple things that I, I read in there or I saw in, in it. And by the way, I want to encourage you folks out there. He's got a whole host of videos out there. Uh, that I'm particularly interested in podcasts and that kind of thing because I'm more visual and you kind of take it in that way and it's uh, and they're fabulous and they're fascinating too. But uh, you know, in a recent Gallup poll that you cited, 65% of Americans don't believe in evolution. Most people assume uh, it's for religious reasons or something. Well, what's so, the, what's that number? Six or 25%. I'm sorry, 25%. Yeah. Well. I think it's because the way evolution has been explained to them doesn't make any sense. So when I was talking to my brother in the bus, he goes, Perry, you know, you got a billion falcons flying around for 10 million years. That's a lot of falcons. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of falcons. And he goes, you know, all you need is like one copying error every now and then that accidentally makes them see better. And then those hunt better. And then the falcons get better and the bad ones die off. And I listened to that and I was like, okay, that, that almost makes sense, but what about that random copying error part? <laughs> okay, is that right? Yeah. And and I I took this right into engineering, and it, and this is a very valid engineering question. And and what I found out is no, this does not happen by accident. This happens through processes that cells have that we currently do not understand. A a spoonful of bacteria can do more programming in 12 minutes than a team of Microsoft engineers can do in 12 weeks. Wow. It's incredible. The sophistication of nature. And nobody, like I said, nobody was talking about this. The atheists weren't talking about it. The intelligent design guys weren't talking about it. And um, like somebody had to tell this story. Yeah. Yeah. So this I'm, is that million dollar question then. <laughs> yeah, and this right. is Ten why, million dollar 10 one. Million. <laughs> yeah. This is why you have the prize. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, What's at the heart of this? Like nobody knows what makes life alive. Mm-hmm. It's not just chemicals. Mm-hmm. There's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. What is it? Mm-hmm. What if we understood? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to get more into this, and I also want to know why you compare DNA code to computer code. 
Mm-hmm. I want to dive into that a little bit more when we get when we come back. Um, but first, I want our listeners to know that you can get three free chapters to Perry Marshall's book, uh, Evolution 2.0, Breaking the Deadlock Between Darwin and Design. All you have to do is text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with that keyword EVO, E-V-O, and you'll get three free chapters and be entered to win his book, which you can also find on Amazon. Absolutely. And by the way, we're going to put a shameless plug in for us. Get out there and look at faithmarketplace.com. We have all the podcasts up there for the almost last six years. I can't believe it. Almost five, over 550 interviews we've had, and Perry's one of those. So we'll be posting his, uh, his out there, too, to, to take a check out. And there's a donation portion on there. This, host, uh, this show is funded by generous donors out there and sponsors. So if you feel generous, prayerfully think about that. If you'd like to support this ministry, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here in studio with our special guest, Perry Marshall. That is uh, stirring up a lot, stirring the pot on evolution here. Evolution 2.0 is his book. And basically breaking the deadlock between Darwin and design. I hope you've been in tune with this because this is absolutely fascinating. One of the things we got into a little bit with you, Perry, was uh, why do you compare DNA code to computer code, and what are the implications? So computer code, one, zero, right? right? Yeah. On, off, and then you string them together, and you know, 10001 is A, and 10010 is B, and, and you, you get communication, right? Well, DNA essentially works the same way, except it's got four letters instead of two, A, C, G, T, mm-hmm. and then those go together in groups of three to make amino acids and the amino acids get put together to make proteins. And so, so when you send an email, you, you send Jennifer an email, mm-hmm. you type it in and you press send and the, and the computer encodes that into a string of ones and zeros and it goes across the internet and it comes in on her computer, her computer decodes it and then she reads your message on the screen. Well, that is identical to what happens Anytime a cell replicates because it reads DNA, it mm-hmm. encodes it into RNA, and then decodes it into proteins. Ah. Okay, it's kind of like going from ones and zeros to to uh, letters on the screen. Okay, it, yep. Conceptually, it's identical. Okay, wow. it's symbolic communication. Right. And so you, you have all these instructions in DNA that build ribs and arms and skin and, and, and everything. And so... And so I suddenly realized, like, hey, wait a minute. Like, evolution is a software engineering problem. <laughs> like, I, I, at le- I have some tools for dealing with this. And, right. and then, then it all started to become clear. And so that became the backbone of evolution 2.0. And especially people with any sort of computer background, engineering background, if, if you're comfortable with those kinds of things, this book will make total sense to you. It'll be like, wow, I, that's such a clear explanation. How come nobody ever said that before? Because yeah, you got a couple extremes going, the, you know, the, the biologists, biology scientists and all that. So how has the reaction been from those guys? Because why wouldn't they have kind of figured this out? By well, now? so what I found, I didn't invent anything new here. Right. I really didn't. What, what I did was I found that there was a kind of redheaded stepchild strand of research in biology that went back at least 70 years. Really? Yes. Uh, At least back to the, clearly back to the 40s, if not before, 
where a, a good number of scientists had a completely different view of evolution, and they said, they said, no, it, it the standard explanation does not make sense. Okay, so like there was a woman named Barbara McClintock in the 1940s. And she figured out that corn plants, if she damaged their DNA, they would reprogram and repair the missing damage by going and copying other parts of DNA. They would say it'd be like if you ripped a page out of a mystery novel mm-hmm. and then you 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 assigned a, a talented writer. It's like go fill this in with like words and phrases and ideas from other parts of the book. Mm -hmm. And the cells literally did this and and corn reprogrammed itself. And she went to a a conference and she presented her findings and they, they, they were half, half of them laughed at her and half of them were angry. Like woman, Uh, DNA builds plants. Plants don't build DNA. Well, she won the Nobel prize 40 years later. Wow. Okay. Um, in 1983, and and I found this whole strand of research that was like regular people never hear anything about this. Right. And see, when when I when I found out, no, a corn plant can re-engineer its own DNA, it was like my head exploded. I was like, oh my word. Considering you're from the Corn Belt, that, this is, I, that had to be something well, yeah. know, <laughs> up there in Nebraska. <laughs> okay, this is light years beyond any human technology. Right. Mm-hmm. Why isn't anybody talking about this? Yeah. So I think if Christians understood evolution, Christians would be shouting evolution from the rooftops and the atheists would be changing the subject. Mm. This is actually what I find happens when I get into debate. There are very few atheists that'll debate me mm. because I'm using all their tools against them. Right. Okay. No, this, this is orderly. This is structural. This is functional. This is not random. This is not accidental. And we have a good 70 plus years of scientific literature that absolutely backs up everything I'm saying. Why isn't anybody talking about this? Mm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, this is fascinating. Fascinating, Perry. I, w- I want to know what are your criticisms of intelligent design. So, intelligent design, I probably agree with three fourths of what they say, um, and it's a big movement, and a lot of Christians uh, adhere to them. But in the, in the minds of the ch- the public and most scientists, intelligent design means individual acts of divine intervention and creation like okay so god showed up and made zebras and god showed up and made elephants and god showed up and made fish and it's anti-evolution okay i think evolution is the best evidence for god ever because the engineering of evolution is 10,000 years ahead of any human technology right. okay so why not Bring the chess queen of evolution and capture it and have it on your side. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that evolution proves God directly, but what I'm saying is it speaks to a divinely ordered universe that is far more orderly than the atheists would ever allow. Right. Exactly. You know, and it reminds me of a joke that was a, there was a scientist, a biological scientist that was having a conversation with God. Maybe you heard this one. And he, uh, he was saying they were going back and forth and he picks up a big clump of dirt 
And he said, God, he said, with this dirt, I can make a human being, right? Pre-mortal soup. And God, uh, you know, there's this long pause, and God says, get your own dirt. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, there's always, you you have to design an experiment, you know? Um, And so, see, I I think design is programmed in from the word go. I don't think design is like these wave a magic wand miraculous moments in history. I think nature is much more creative and fruitful than most Christians have ever imagined it to be. Christians have this sort of watchmaker clockwork idea of nature. No, like nature nature is the fire that lights itself. It's, Mm -hmm. It's so incredible. Right. And and w- when the psalm says the whole earth is full of his glory, I don't think people take that statement seriously enough. Now, it doesn't just reflect his glory. It contains his glory. Right. Exactly. That wow. is amazing. Well, Perry, why don't we touch back on the Evolution 2.0 prize in case somebody missed that. And uh, let's say somebody wins the prize. What's going to happen? So can you share with us what that prize is for and what happens next after that? So so Siri understands everything you say, but has no idea what you mean. <laughs> Your dog doesn't have any idea what you say, but knows exactly what you mean. And that is the difference between biological intelligence and computer intelligence. Okay? Your dog, like if you say, you put a steak on the table and you look at Fido and you go, Fido? don't you eat my steak? And he looks at you like, oh, I want your steak, you know? And then when you leave the room, he's going to decide if he's going to eat your steak or not, right. you know? Are you going to find a dog on on the table lapping up steak right. when, you, when you come back from the grill, okay? Now, your dog has the ability to make a decision. A computer doesn't, mm-hmm. okay? Now, what we're really looking for is how do you start with chemicals and end up with the ability to make decisions because that's what you have to have to, to have a code. If, if, we, if we go, um, if I say Jennifer and Bob's conversation, I go J-B-C, and, and now I made a new acronym, and every time I email you, I could just say J-B-C, and we know what we're talking about. We just created a symbolic relationship. Right. You have to have a symbolic relationship to have code and biology. So where does that come from? This is what the prize is for, $10 million prize. If somebody figures this out, then maybe Siri will wake up. Maybe we'll figure out artificial intelligence. It'll be real intelligence. It'll probably be a bigger deal than the invention of the transistor. Mm-hmm. And, and it will certainly give us huge insights into medicine, cancer, and everything like that. And so this is why I have a position that this prize may be solvable. Okay. I think God designed the world to be discovered. There you go. Okay. If yeah. God beamed zebras out of the sky <laughs> from the, you know, onto the savanna, then we have no way of discovering how to get a zebra. But if God made a world with the fruitfulness to evolve a zebra, then that means we can understand it and we can solve medical and scientific problems. I got to ask you a question because we asked it everybody, but it's got to be a fascinating answer because what would somebody say is really cool about you or something that people don't know about you that's amazing other than what we've already heard? Um, I don't think most people know I have 
four standard issue children and two adopted. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> that's that's probably unknown to a lot oh, of folks. Wow. Wow. Um, so yeah, I got two kids from China. So oh, we Big have a, our our house is like a sitcom. You know, somebody <laughs> blows in the front door every ten minutes. Plus the neighbor kids and the friends' friends, and it's. It's commotion all the time. <laughs> Love it. Well, Perry, how can people find out more about you and, and what you're talking about here with Evolution 2.0? Go to evo2.org, get three free chapters of the book, and subscribe to the podcast, and we will take you on an adventure that will never end. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, make sure you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988. Send us that keyword, Evo. We'll send you those th- three free chapters, and we'll also enter you to win Evolution 2.0, Breaking the Deadlock Between Darwin and Design by Perry Marshall. Hey, hang in there with us. We're going to be back with Perry our next segment. Do you know when to break out of your routine? I think he's a subject matter expert. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our guests Perry Marshall and Jennifer and I are going to roundtable this subject because we, th- we think we got a top subject matter expert on this. Do you know when to break out of your routine? Uh, I think that uh, if you've been listening to this uh, show, that Perry definitely is somebody who's breaking out of the routine with his book, uh, Evolution 2.0. But Perry, you know, uh, you've done a number of things in your life. I read a little bit about your history. You had a sales background. You figure some things out with that. You're figuring some things out here with DNA and, and how we're going to write code. But what would you say about this? How do, how do you – because you run classes for people to break out of their routines and stuff like that too. So, so when Jesus came along – um, and he gave the Sermon on the Mount. And then when, when Paul came along and he said, in Christ there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, all are equal in Christ Jesus. Do you realize that nobody had ever said that all human beings are equal before in the history of the world? There's no literature before that time that says, hey, everybody's equal. Okay, mm-hmm. That was a new thing, okay? And what I see in history is that things go along on a certain level, and then all of a sudden, there's something brand new, and in a very short period of time, you're in a whole different world. Like, think about taxis versus Uber. Mm -hmm. It's like five times better, right? Mm -hmm. I rode an Uber over here, because I sold my car two years ago. I'm like, what do I need a car for? Like, I, I'm going to do work in the back seat. I'm going to have somebody drive me, and I, I get all this stuff done. Right. Right? Okay. I would have never done that in the taxi world. Okay? I think I think Christians generally, I think they're just too conservative. I think they're too um, – in fact, frankly, I think, I think Christianity is, whether you like it or not, the whole thing is being torn down – to its engine blocks and rebuilt. It's happening whether you like it or not. Yep. Okay. And I think the whole thing is being reformed and redefined and you can fight it and have all the frustration and the mourning and the anger and whatever. Or you can like, okay, God is doing a new thing in the world. Church is going to look different. Teachings are going to be different. Uh, new wineskins. And I mean, I'm really serious about this. I I think people do not appreciate how much um, the changing world is 
stressing the old structures of faith. Mm. Good point. Absolutely a good point. And we've seen this before in history too, right? We've seen these revolutions happening. Yes. I mean, look what happened with Luther. Yes. I mean, boy, you talk about something that set the, upset the apple cart. There's a right? major, major revolution every 500 years, and we're, we're having one right now. Yeah. So where do you see it's going to go? Well, I think, I think when all the shaking is done, I think we're going to have something much different. Now, I've spent a lot of my work in this project battling the atheists. Well, they wouldn't be here and they wouldn't have a platform if they didn't have some legitimate points to make. Right. Okay. And I, I think, I think we've done a terrible job of of getting people to understand what the Bible is really about. Um, I think um, really traditional conservative creationism uh, shoulders a lot of the blame for what has happened because people people can figure out, hey, uh, you know, the Earth is not six thousand years old. Hello, mm-hmm. um, and you know, people will not. Um, people will not believe things that contradict what you can obviously tangibly see and touch. Mm -hmm. You know, I can defend the resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. I can't defend the notion that all of the geology of the planet comes from a flood 5,000 years ago, right? It just doesn't make any sense. And so, well, so new wineskins. Okay. <laughs> Perry, what do you say to somebody that it just doesn't really, they're not willing to change? What do, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I think that there's, there's always somebody else who is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, so if, if you're trying to convince the unchanging person, I think you need to go talk to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if somebody's unwilling to change, there isn't anything I'm going to do, you're going to do, or you're going to do that's going to change their mind. And as Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would Absolutely. you apply that to, to people in business too? I oh, mean, of course. Yeah. I, I think we see that a lot out there where people are trying to convince others and to persuade them in a way that is they're spending more time on that than actually seeking the audience that is interested. What do you say to that? Uh, well, I think one of, one of the greatest marketing statements ever made was by a, an old classic marketer named Gary Halbert. And he, Gary would always do this exercise where he'd go, so if you were going to start a restaurant, like what would make for a great restaurant? People would have all these answers about what's on the menu and, and they would, they get and he'd write it all in chalkboard and he'd say, "Well, I've got a I've got a better thing for my restaurant than anything any of you guys said," and uh, and and they go, "What?" And he goes, "A starving crowd." <laughs> you give me a starving crowd, I can feed them mediocre, lame hamburgers and soggy French fries, and they'll consume it all day long. Right. Um, and I, look, there are people in the world that are hungry. Like you were telling me, you're yeah. you know you're in some AA deliverance ministry thing. Look, those people are hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They want and, change, and they want change, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, many times the people that want the change is only like two percent. Fine. Focus on the two yeah. percent and and pour your energy. You'll get farther with the two percent that want to change than with the. The 98% who they have the money, they have the skills, they have the credentials, they have a building, they have a whatever, 
but they don't want to change. They don't want to change. Right. Does yeah. this go back to the 80-20 rule? Or? This is absolutely <laughs> the 80-20 rule. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. got to talk about it because, he, I mean, the guy's an author. He's got yeah. all kind of books out there. And yeah, you guys amazing. need to check him out. Make sure that you uh, Google Perry Marshall and go to Evo, the number two, dot org. That's his website. And also text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with the keyword Evo. That's E-V-O. We'll send you three free chapters from his book, Evolution 2.0. Breaking the Deadlock Between Darwin and Design, and he'll also be entered to win a copy of his book. Listen, I got to tell you something. I don't know about you guys out there, but this has been uh, one of the most fascinating interviews that we've had. And Perry, you know, it was kind of fascinating about what you said. How is this going to affect, uh, you know, AI with with this whole thing? Is, uh, I, I'm assuming that's the end game, and you're hoping. Well, you will. so so er- everybody's talking about, you know, Elon Musk says mm. that you know the machines are going to take over. They're not actually going to take over until somebody wins this prize because yep. nobody's home. Okay. Right. <laughs> now, if somebody wins this prize, then we're in a whole new era and how 9,000 could happen. Mm-hmm. And now people are going to say, well, why would you want to do that? Shouldn't you leave well enough alone? Well, <laughs> I think I should look for this before Monsanto gets to it. Okay. <laughs> and the, the fact is, is that people are going to do discover new technologies and every time there's a new technology there's going to be a battle for whether it's used for good or for evil and and people of the kingdom need to be on top of things and it's the the church has been behind the curve way too long okay Mm. unbelievable yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating stuff. Hey, listen, you got to tune in to us every Saturday noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, where Bob and Jennifer are here every Saturday from noon to 1 o'clock. And we want you to go out and visit our website because we got lots of stuff out there, and there's this donate button. So we hope that you'd prayerfully consider you know, donating to the ministry. That's how we keep this thing running. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is it's it, we're very blessed, Jennifer, because we're only one of a couple of these kind of shows in the country. And yeah. I think there's a... There is an evolution and a revolution coming across the country, connecting faith and work. You yeah. Know? And we want to hear from you, too. So connect with us on social media. Send us a text. Email us. Just reach out to us. And we want to be able to support you as well. We also have great events coming up here, the Conversational Apologetics Group. And who knows? Maybe we'll have Perry Marshall <laughs> lead one of them for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you want that, make sure you message us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we'll get them back in. Yeah, there's a good promotion for there us, right? There you go. <laughs> hey, well, listen, we'll be back here again next Saturday on AM 1160. Hope for your life. I hope that you enjoyed this show. We certainly have, and we'll see you then. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.